Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, we've had um, six-day break travel. We haven't won many last quarters. So, yeah, early in the third, they kicked the first, I think, out of the middle. Um, our leaders really did a good job today. Um, and then our young guys, I think, have got they're starting to get that belief that they're part of our our team and the, and the spirit they bring and energy they bring during the week. I'm starting to see on game day and Ryan kicking that goal to put us in front. Um, you know, some special efforts from, from a lot of our players, but our younger players were part of that. Adam Simpson in the wake of his team's one-point loss against Essendon at the weekend. Of course, they hit the front with two minutes left. We've got Josh Kennedy, West Coast Eagles legend, AFL Life member, joining us here in the Toolkit Depot studio. Don't forget to shop winter at TKD. He's on the line, Josh. Josh, there's been a bit of talk that West Coast might have tanked the last two minutes. Do you care? <laughs> uh, no, obviously not. But um, as always... Those scenarios that are going to get uh, you know put up there because obviously where they are on the ladder, um, obviously having that win against North and any other win would take away the number one spot and obviously you'd add. So I can understand why these things come out, but um, but I don't think they would be tanking. No, I just felt that, like I have no issue at all with the way Adam Simpson coached in at the end of that game. You know, if if they're playing for spot in the eight, he probably does put one behind the ball. But they're 18th. They've come from five goals down. They've given a great account of themselves, and he's let the game unfold on its merits. I have no issue with that. If you want to remove that, then remove the reward for the last team automatically getting the number one draft pick. If you if you're not prepared to do that, accept that a coach in that situation is going to coach the way Adam Simpson did. That's how that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly right. And um, you know, you, you talk about um, decisions made in you know critical times like that, and um, the amount that's gone on through the game, um, everything that's gone on through the year and, and training. And um, as Simo mentioned, they hadn't trained. Um, you know, having a plus one, um, and so the call not to make a plus one was was based on he probably thought that uh, if they did it, um, they're going to give an extra number around, I suppose, the middle of the ground, and um, with their drive inside fifty, it would be more risk um, and everyone kind of getting lost when there is a spare so um, we train those scenarios a lot over years and and sometimes uh, you don't get it right and if you haven't trained it with a group that's fairly new and a lot of young kids in there's a fair bit of risk with it and and obviously like you said they they came back they've been playing most of the um, game one-on-one um, and thought they could hold on with that and, you know, having young backs as well, um, make them go out and be in that situation where they've just got to get the job done. Um, it's all learning. So, yeah, I don't think they were tanking and I think the decision, um, you know, made by, by Simo was, was to risk, I think, the other way. Yeah, well, even if it wasn't, even if you just thought, look, what the hell, winning's not at a premium, we need to, we've had a great effort, let's just let this unfold as it is. Every player put his head over the ball, every player went absolute maximum in that last two minutes trying to get the ball back and kick a goal for West Coast. He just didn't do one tactical mechanism that he could have done that might have shut the game down a bit. If Again, I come back to this, if you don't like that, don't make it an automatic reward for the team that finishes last to get the number one draft pick, you know. But while that reward is there, 
Adam Simpson is allowed to coach the way he coached as long as his players play the way they played on the weekend. And and I think that it's a it's kind of I think they need to stop it before they go blind. The commentators on the on the on the East Coast talking about this because I mean let's face it, the reward is there. They played the way you want a team to play. What what more do we want from them? Yeah, well, that's it. And, and, and the game could have gone the other way. I think the last two stoppages, Essendon were able to win, you know, in that, that tight fight. If, if West Coast had won it, you know, it would have been a different story when we were talking about it. But, um, but yeah, look, it, it came down to those last couple of stoppages and, and Essendon were able to get it forward. And um, having those even numbers around the contest, yeah, obviously they still weren't able to get it done in that last, uh, I suppose, passage of play. And they probably shifted Parrish to Kelly, didn't they? And and Kelly was the driving force out of stoppage for West Coast in that last quarter. Um, the commentators were talking about it needed to happen, that Darcy Parrish needed to go and stand next to him and put body on him, which he did. And uh, and West Coast lost their, their main outlet from those stoppages that had been driving them for the last 30 minutes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we obviously heard the commentators talking about it, but um, but yeah, seeing TK elevate is the way he's done, and you know, finishing with thirty touches. But yeah, that that last quarter, um, last half effort that he, that he gave, he was he was really dominating. So um, then to make that move, obviously it was um, yeah, it was a good call because he was um, he was he was really powering through. What pleased you most about the game, Josh? I just think the, the the pressure and the intent and, and effort, which we've, we've talked about all year, um, the pressure factor was up again, um, which is great. And that that first quarter, you know, it was a real tussle. And, um, you know, the, the second quarter kind of opened up um, with Langford, you know, kicking four goals and um, things started to unravel a bit. But, you know, having that consistency in the pressure uh, around the footy and still being able to own it and then the fight back down after a year um, that it has been, um, especially with a lot of young kids, um, you know, they're starting to build belief, um, I suppose, in themselves and in, in what they're doing and to see them come back and, and get to those final two minutes where it was, a you know, a kick apart. Um, yeah, I think as a, as a fan sitting on the sideline, you couldn't be more prouder. What do you make of Ryan Marrick as a player? He kicked the goal that put him in front with two minutes left in the game. Um, you get the feeling he's going to be one of those players who doesn't need a lot of the ball to have an impact on the game. So clean and clever and and very highly skilled. Yeah, very highly skilled. And um, I suppose uh, that moment, you know, it, it's was he playing, you know, tucked up um, under 18s or BFL and he's drafted mid-season and then, you know, he's, he's sat there in in a game um, needing a goal and he's, he's able to put it through um, with so much calmness. So, yeah, it's fantastic to see. There's, there's plenty of upside, I suppose, with, with Ryan and um, how he goes about it. But the way he plays, especially up forward, he's pretty smart. He's always in the right spots and um, gives a good contest. And um, I think the way he plays, you are right. If he doesn't have to have all the touches. He doesn't have to have, um, you know, getting the ball in his hands all the time. But when he does, he, he always does something um, that's well worth it. And um, we've seen over the last few weeks, he's been able to keep, you know, a couple of goals, which is which is part of his role. As long as he's putting on that pressure, um, I think the you know, West Coast forward line had 16 tackles in, inside 450, which is great, you know. And, and that comes down to the guys playing there, which is Ryan's involved with that. So adding that pressure, making an impact when you touch the footy, yeah, he's, he, he's definitely got that. Yeah. 
Yeah, he wasn't the only one. Your fellow Northampton boy, Jamie Cripps, has been massive for them last two weeks. He had 11 yep. tackles, I think, when they beat North Melbourne. To me, he was the instigator on the weekend when they came back into the game, kicked that goal from deep in the pocket. It was his yep. cap that put Petricelli into space, involved in two more goals in the last quarter. Um, what did you make of his game? Yeah, look, you know, Cripper coming back off a, um, uh, you know, his leg and, and getting back into the rhythm of things and his training and, you know, he's always, his work rate, as we talk about all the time, he's, he's always going to give everything. And um, that that goal that uh, obviously was a free kick and that goal from that pocket, you know, really did spark it, I reckon. And then having that quick goal straight out um, from that tap, you know, he's, um, he's pretty smart in the way he plays and he always wants to stand up in big moments. And, um, yeah, he, he was that, that spark in that third to, to kind of, I suppose, get that momentum shift back back towards West Coast. But, um, yeah, it's great to see him playing and, and applying that pressure because, you know, all those small forwards, that's their role as much as they're up and around linking in with transition of footy. Once it's in there, you know, it's their job to lock it in. So, um, you know, he, he drives that every week. Even the square up kick to Jack Darling in the last quarter, I reckon, if you look at what he had available to him, he had shorter options, which were more sort of on a 45-degree angle. Um, He goes for the longer one further back inside the corridor. Jack Darling kicks from virtually straight in front, never missing from there. Um, he's He's a very smart player, isn't he? Yeah, well, I think around um, when you've got opposition around you, there's a fair bit of chaos. You know, he has over the course of his career been able to make really good decisions, and um, most of the time he's out running pretty fast. Um, but you know, when he does get the footy and manoeuvre his way around, especially in that forward half, you know, from. 70 metres to the goal line, he, he does make some really good decisions and um, he is, um, you know, really unselfish in the way he plays and he's always looking to try and get um, the ball into a better position and, and that's exactly what he did and yeah, it paid off with Jack having a, a kick straight in front. Would you play Luke Shuey in the derby and would Luke Shuey go on next year if you're the list manager at West Coast? Yeah, well, I think it comes down to Luke. I, I, I'd say that the club would be offering um, him another year. Um, just in, you know, he has the injuries, but um, it's all going to come down to what Luke wants to do. And, um, you know, he's been a fantastic player for this football club, been an amazing leader, um, captain, uh, you know, of this club. And um, I think it's it's all going to come down to, to what Luke wants to do. And um, you never know where his head's at with, with what's gone, what he's gone through and, the, you know, the resilience he's shown in all these injuries that he's had, but still being able to, when he comes and plays and the time he has, he's made an impact. So I think it will come down to what Luke's decision, what he wants to do, and you know, hopefully he goes on. But once again, you know, he'll make the right call, um, what's best for him. Um, but, yeah, playing this week... Um, in terms of his uh, rehab and recovery, um, I'm not too sure where he's at, but um, you know, you've got three games left. You, you obviously, um, he probably wants to play with Bunger as much as he can in the last, you know, two home games. So, um, yeah, it, it's probably going to um, uh, come down to one Luke's call. But yeah, you you don't want to risk that, and he misses that last game. It's a fascinating, and I'm interested in what you just said there, that um, it'll come down to Luke's call. Isn't there a conversation that takes place between West Coast and, and Luke in terms of what is best um, for the list? And I know your position on this yeah. is that when you've got a player that plays as well as Luke plays, when he does play, that player is value on your list. My concern would be the player that gets shuffled in and out of the team as Luke gets shuffled in and out of the team while he's managing yeah. his body and potential hamstring injuries. Uh, shouldn't yeah. there be a conversation between the player and the club about whether Luke goes on or not? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when I say that, you know, it would come down to Luke, oh, I'm pretty I'm confident in that the club would offer him another year. Um, now, that that conversation would be a lot different if, if the club go, look, I don't think it's best that you go on and um, there's no contract or opportunity there. So I feel that what, what's happened with Luke and, and his injuries and how he's performed, I feel like the opportunity will still be there to be on the list next year. So then it comes down to whether Luke wants to take that opportunity or not. Yeah, and that's what that's what I mean by when it comes down to Luke. I, I feel like in terms of the list management and the club, that that opportunity will be there for Luke next year, and it will come down to him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Bailey Williams, yeah. if you're the club, um, it sounds like they're challenging the one week suspension for the for the bump on uh, Mason Redmond. Is he a chance to yeah. get off? Do you think? <laughs> Who knows? It's kind of it's really hard to, to kind of pick it. And Redmond obviously played, um, got through, and um, you know the incident itself um, was coming to the footy, and then tried to yeah, obviously turn. But obviously, protection of the head's the biggest thing. So um, I feel like um, there's enough there to suggest that he would get off. But in saying that, with what's happened this year and, and everything, and I'm not too sure of the report which came out of Essendon with, with Redmond post game. So sometimes those things can come into into play. But um, yeah, it's 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 a tough one. It's a tough one. But uh, hopefully he does get off because he's he's been growing every game this year and he's been doing a, an amazing job being that number one ruckman. Um, and, and it'll be great to see him finish the last three games off um, as strong as he's, he's gone. Yeah, and you, you probably saw Luke Jackson play on Sunday. You probably don't want Harry Barnett at this stage of his career or Callum Jamison rucking against Luke Jackson in the Derby. Nah. I would have thought this weekend. Nah. Um, no, nah, you wouldn't. Is this West Coast Grand Final, Josh? The Derby. <laughs> it's, it's a big one. It is. It's. A, I think it's going to be an absolute crack of a game. I think. Yeah, over the last few years, obviously, um, the way Free have been playing, they've been dominating, and, and uh, we won whatever it was, 11 or 12 in a row, I can't even remember now, but, you know, they've, they've switched it back to their side, and um, this year, obviously, hasn't gone the way they wanted. Um, they, had a, they had a tough loss against Brisbane um, last week. It was pretty tight. Um, they had their chance to win it, so um, obviously, their form and where they're sitting on the ladder, they wouldn't be too happy, um, and, you know, for, uh, for us as West Coast, um, the year hasn't been as great, but the last probably two to three weeks, we're starting to see some really, um, I suppose, um, effort and intensity that, that they want to bring. And um, putting those two together with, with how free I was going, I think it's, it's going to be another cracker. And, um, you know, it'll be good to finish the year off with a derby win. But people probably hate me saying that because we might miss out on the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's keep that tanking debate going. It's good for, it's good for talkback. Um, Liam Duggan to the midfield. He's going there more and more. He's having a bigger and bigger impact. I like it and I think they should persist with it. What are your thoughts? Oh, definitely, definitely. He's always, and we've talked about this um, throughout the year, where, you know, he's, he's a backman. Uh, he does his job. He works in the back six. He's got so much drive off half back, but he has had those pinch hits when we've needed him in, in, in the midfield, and he's done that this year. And, um, you know, the possessions he's able to find, um, especially around contested possession, he's, he's strong at what he does. And, um, you know, he does have a great kick. Um, he can transition that footy pretty well. And, and around the contest, he, he, he's great. So it, it, is, it is really good seeing Duggo in there. Adds another string to his bow, which is, you know, it's already been there, but he's just starting to grow and grow it. And, and having that option to pull that trigger um, and have Duggo in there, you know, it's, it's, it's been a massive positive. And, you know, that whole midfield group's been a little bit different, you know, especially with, you know, um, Bootsy and... 
uh, Yogi out this year, but TK's had a fantastic year. Having Hunt um, around has been great, and um, you know Gaffy, I think was um, well, it was great on the weekend. He had 23 touches, but uh, just seeing him run and receive the footy, you know, we hadn't seen that for for a long time. So I think he's getting some confidence in you know how he plays and his strengths. And um, boys are giving him the footy, and he's a great user of it. So it's good to see him back in running around getting those um, those handballs. When Gaff and Dom Sheed are playing in the same team, do they duplicate roles a little bit? Like, was Andrew Gaff able to play more and be more himself because Dom Sheed's not there? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting one. I haven't really thought about that. Um, Yeah, I assume, yeah, so when Dombey's not there, yeah, it's... um, it does give him a bit more freedom to kind of play in around that, that link role and, um, you know, going from kind of that wing into the midfield um, and being a, being a part of, I suppose, a lot of transition footy. So, yeah, I haven't actually thought about that um, in terms of when when, uh, when Dommy's out. But, um, but, yeah, it does make sense now that you think about it. Um, and when Dommy is out, yeah, Gaffey does get a bit more of that uh, sort of freedom in, in, in playing in different roles. The last couple of weeks, we've seen just what a good player Elliot Yo is, haven't we? He's, he's been played back. He's been yep. his body's being nursed along, if you like. They don't want him to break yep. down again. But he won important contests late in the game against North Melbourne. He won a couple of cracking contests, I thought, late in the game against Essendon, where they were out the back and he had no right to even halve the contest. And he ended up winning them and getting the ball going back the other way. He's just a quality player, and it, it, it kind of reminds you what has been missing when you see him play. Yeah, yeah. It was actually uh, we had a conversation with Bug on Sunday, and um, you just I think because with Yoey and he's been out with injury, you forget how good he is. Um, he would he would honestly I'll say he'd be our best player on the list when he's up and going. And um, you saw you see moments like the North game, and also on the weekend that one where he comes back, gets a hand in, drops it, and uh, gets the ball to ground inside their full fifty. Then it's it's one back by him, kicked over, and he goes to spoil and he marks it. And just, you know, those key moments in games, you know, he's always stood up in big games and been a big game player. And, um, yeah, just his just his drive, I suppose, with his power, uh, with his skills, left, right foot, um, his height, his jump, you know, he's, he's really hard to match up on. Um, and, yeah, it's um, it's great to see him back playing some consistent football because, yeah, I honestly believe, yeah, he's, he's our best player on our list. Well, I was going to say that. I just didn't want to offend you, mate, given that you'd been there up until this year. So. Um, the the lead-up to a derby, how is it different to the lead-up to other weeks? Yeah, it's it's only, uh, you know, even the time, early days, you know, wish would always be, it's just another week, just another week. But, yeah, there is this, this added, I suppose, tension through the week and more probably from a lot of fans, I think. I think it's, you know, it's exciting week. There's a lot of Freo fans, there's a lot of West Coast fans, you know, Workplace in the office, families are divided. Um, you know, there's a fair bit going on for bragging rights for the week. So uh, it is a big week, um, I suppose, in terms of uh, the whole state. But yeah, as a player, you kind of you, you want to win it. I suppose not. I'm going to say more, but you always kind of want to um, have it over. You know, the guys down the road. So there is a little bit of that, but. Um, but as we've seen over the years, yeah, yeah depending where on the list and, um, you know, on the ladder, sorry, and, and, and the form that's in, it, it can swing either way. So I think there are always been good games. Um, there's been a few blowouts over the course of the time, but, um, but I think this one's shaping up to be an absolute cracker. So um, hopefully the, the boys dig in and, and have that pressure and intensity and effort again. Um, and I'm sure Frio will be bringing it.
Yeah, yeah, I think they. It's interesting because Fremantle would like to have a win. I think their form's been better over the last couple of weeks. They've made a couple of positional shifts that make them look, I think, a more viable team. And I reckon they want to frank that with a victory in this. But having said that, I get the feeling that West Coast's best football of the year has comfortably been played in the last month. And when you look at the key outs across the two teams, there's not a lot of difference in the key outs between the two teams. Both have got sort of like that four or five missing now. So manpower-wise, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. They're both young. Um, I think their best football has been better than West Coast's best football over the years, but consistency yep. has been an issue for Fremantle as well. So can they bring their yep. best football? Um, I've got to ask you this, Josh. When you were watching the dying seconds play out against Essendon, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, I hope like hell they win or they've given a great performance, that's great, and let's keep the number one draft pick? This is just you as an observer, not the coach or anyone involved. What were you thinking? What were you, What were, What was your heart telling you? Ah, the win, yeah. I was you want the win? the win? And if I was playing, you'd be going for the win, yeah. And as a fan, I sit on the side going for going for the win. You know, as much as the number one draft pick, they're generally, they're not the saviour. Now, it's... it's I don't mean that as a harsh way, but it's um, you know, your top, your first round picks, your your top five, your top ten, you know, having any pick in, in that area is is going to be good. Now, I know the number one's obviously the best player in terms of what everyone you know feels and thinks, but um, you know, uh, winning is is I think so much more important, and um, for the boys to be able to come back, you know, twenty thirty points down, and um, having the list they have, having the uh, that younger kind of group that is going to be there over the next three, four, five years, you know, having that win would have, you know, paid a lot more dividends, I think, than, than a number one pick. So that's just my opinion, but Yeah, no, I think that's a good opinion to have. Nothing beats winning. And Corey McKernan made a good statement on this show last week. He said it's like they developed this messiah complex about the number one draft pick and that, that he's the mm. only one in any talent development program in Australia that can actually play when there's probably <laughs> there's probably 25 kids. There's not a big gap yeah. between them. And if you don't get the first one, you get the second one. I mean, I, I'm i a massive admirer of Daniel Curtin, who will probably be somewhere in the top five. He's the Claremont boy, yeah. made his league debut on the weekend. Um, everyone's talking about Harley Reid had 23 for Essendon in the VFL. Well, guess what? Daniel Curtin had 22 for Claremont in the WAFL on debut. He can yeah, play yeah. a bit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's it, and yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah, and then you, you look at the draft as well. Yeah, we've had a lot of guys that are outside that first round that have turned into superstars. So you know what I mean. There's there's a lot of those diamonds in the rough as well that that come with it. Yeah, well, Elliot, yo, you said he's the best player on the list. I don't think he was uh, a top ten draft pick. I think he was a bit further down. No, he wasn't. The order. Mm-hmm. Um, can West Coast win this weekend? Of course they can. I think they've um, the last few weeks been the effort and pressure that they have. They just need to have that consistency in that. Um, you know, uh, the younger players are playing well. The seniors are standing up. Um, you know, and and obviously coming against Freo, who've been in and out of form, and um, they are playing a, a way I suppose they want to play. They just haven't got those wins, so I think it's going to be a, a tight contest. But the West Coast can definitely win this game, and it's, it's definitely winnable. Josh Kennedy, West Coast Eagles legend, AFL life member. His thoughts on the Derby this weekend. Josh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, All the best with uh, watching the Derby this weekend. Thanks, mate. Cheers.
Josh Kennedy uh, joining us in the Toolkit Depot studio. Don't forget to shop winter at TKD. And we are, as always, brought to you thanks to Isuzu Ute. You can live your own way in the seven-seater Isuzu MUX. We'll be back after the break.